Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well, having an awesome day. So today's call or today's podcast session is a coaching call. I'm joined by Marie Vakakis. Uh, Marie is actually down in Australia, and uh, she is the a group practice owner and the founder of uh, the founder of the TherapyHub.com.au. And Marie is in our Healthcasters podcasting course. She's been a podcaster for five years, and recently she's made this decision of trying to rebrand the podcast. So. In today's session, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. So one is, do you start a whole new podcast when you are thinking about like going in a different direction with your existing podcast? The second thing we're going to be talking about is some of the monetization strategies around podcasting and specifically, how do you start to line up some of your podcast episodes with paid things that you might want to do, like paid speaking or online courses in Marie's case? I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I feel like it's a it's a <laughs> it's a two grizzled podcast veterans talking podcasting and even if you don't have a podcast I think just some of the ways that just to think about content creation and the entrepreneurial journey I think some of the insights in here will will be helpful for you. So we'll jump right into today's conversation. Here is my conversation with Marie Vakakis from thetherapyhub.com.au. Hey Marie, welcome to Selling the Couch, or welcome back to Selling the Couch, I should say. Thank you. It's really exciting to be back. That was so sweet. You know, when before we started recording, you were sharing with me that you had some notes back from like 2017 <laughs> uh, of listening to the podcast. And yeah, it's just, first of all, thank you for so much for sharing that because, you know, you create these episodes, right? And you know this as a podcaster, right? But you just never quite know the impact it's having on others and you hope folks are listening but then you know to get like really nice things like that i, I just wanted to say i really appreciate you and uh yeah thanks for being uh, such a loyal listener all these years and it's been um a driving force behind me stepping into private practice and then starting the podcast and going through healthcasters and then some of the other people you've interviewed i've then followed them so yeah it's been it's been really great to be exposed to you know, the intricacies of other people's work and their experiences. Like, it's like having a little, you know, a friend kind of whispering in your ear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the medium of podcasting, right? I don't know what, I don't know what's like for you, but like, you know, I'm, this, this year is 10 years 
since I got licensed as a psychologist. And I I can tell you, I never thought I was going to do a podcast. That was probably like the last thing on my mind or, you know, I honestly thought I was going to just do traditional sort of clinical work, right? Therapy, testing, maybe a little supervision, teaching on the side. Yeah, it's what is it like for you? I mean, to make this these sort of transitions, you know? Yeah, I always thought I'd stay working in community services. I mm-hmm. quite like the advocacy side. So my background here is um, accredited mental health social worker and family therapist. So it kind of equates to a, a mixture of your LCSW and LMFT kind of licenses. Um, and then I just fell into private practice and I enjoyed it. And podcasting was a side hobby. So the more and more I realized there were these different things to do, the more I felt like I could have kind of like a portfolio job or a over a week or a fortnight, get to be creative, get to learn, get to network. So for me, it's it's actually been really nice that I didn't have to just pick one thing. I could do bits and pieces. Yeah. I love how you said that. I think for me, and I, and I think what you're saying is something like podcasting, right? Or even going into this online space, it's in a way tapping back into that like creative child in us, you know? getting to do things in a new and innovative way, especially in an area that's like so rapidly growing, you know, and evolving. So it's creative, but I think it's also very, I feel very like vulnerable putting stuff out there. And then I look back at some of the graphics I made a few years ago and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I DIY'd that or <laughs> how bad's that logo or those colors don't match. So it it's hard to put that stuff out there. You know, even podcasting, my first half a dozen interviews were I didn't think anyone was going to listen to it but the group of students I was working with and so I had these scratchy microphones and <laughs> one time I even went to an interview and I forgot to bring the microphone like it was just a disaster so I, it's really it's, it's creative but it takes a level of I want to say courage but it might not be the right word it's just to put that stuff out there's really hard <laughs> It is really hard. I mean, I, I think courage is definitely, there's like nuances to it, right? Like courage is definitely a part of it, a vulnerability there, right? And I think like the image I keep having is like, you know, it's like I see like it as almost like waves in the ocean, right? And when you're first starting out, the waves are so intense, right? And it just feels like you're just crashing into the waves and you're just trying to stay afloat, right? Like you're trying to surf, right? And it's not that the waves never go away. It's just, I think you learn to surf a little better over time. On a less serious note, I am so glad both of us have like had that realization just to put like our artwork out there, right? Because if we had the the vision of hindsight, be like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know that I would have ever put it out there. No, me either. But I think being a therapist, I had to put myself on the other side and think what would advice would I be giving someone else and I have to put those strategies on me and put, I guess put my money where my mouth is so I had to kind of yeah. suck it up and do it because that's <laughs> what I would have told someone else to do in yeah. a more supportive tone I guess <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think like we're we're being like funny about it but like there is something so amazing about being in the arena and doing this right like and I know this will resonate for you but like I never imagined doing stuff like this, like podcasting, launching courses, uh, but it's in a weird way. I think it has made me more courageous as a person, right? Like not just as a business owner. And I like that part because like what seemed so big a long time ago doesn't seem as big now. 
And what is that? I mean, what is it for you? Like, how is it for you? Yeah, it's a little bit of, I'm just thinking about your metaphor of the waves. I think it's it's a bit like that, but then there's an entrepreneurial side that gets excited that just keeps finding a bigger challenge. So yeah. sometimes I think it would be nice to float and enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> Not so much a perfectionism, but there's always an excitement of, can I improve it? Can I do this better? Can I just want to learn this thing before I outsource it? So there's, I have to not get too excited because then it gets overwhelming. It's a balance. I mean, it's definitely a balance and it's something I, I too struggle with the creative, but then the anxiety overwhelm that comes with it too. Right? So I want to make sure we we dive into this. So you've had a podcast. Uh, tell us the name of the podcast. Tell us what it's yeah. about. So the podcast was called Inside Social Work, and I started it when I was working in field education. So when students are at university and they have their um, placements, they have someone from the university that goes out and checks on the placement and does supervision. And so found that I was repeating some of the same things with the students. So I thought I'll record some of these interviews to distribute it amongst that cohort and it became a podcast. So it's mostly targeting sort of early career social workers and it's I usually have interviews and conversations with people either further along in their journey or in relevant fields. So experts in you know maybe mindfulness or DBT or you know either a skill or tool or technique just to kind of give people an act an opportunity to access that information from someone that they maybe haven't heard of or haven't had it explained that way. And it's, I think it's going into its fifth year now. It's amazing. I was going to ask when did it start, but that, wow, five years. That is, that is no joke. Like you're like, you know, like, the, like an OG of podcasting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, but recently it sounds like there's just been things that you're thinking with the podcast, the vision, the long-term, like, so tell us a little bit about that and we can definitely like workshop some of this. Yeah, so based on the the um the way people have been interacting with the podcast either through DMs or emailing me the kinds of conversations I have with people um then I guess what they're wanting to listen to has sort of changed and evolved. So they've been finding it really helpful to hear personal stories, but it hasn't really left them with an understanding of it like a technical skill. And so um, I'm looking at bringing that more into what I do now, which is therapy, so mental health, uh, family work. I do a lot of work with couples and adolescents. So I'm looking at changing the name completely so it's not limiting just to social workers but it's exploring maybe in more depth either a particular mental illness or a myth about mental health maybe a particular skill but for the general public to listen to as well so the sorts of things that maybe one of my clients might want to listen to so instead of so previously I've interviewed let's say someone about EMDR but they would talk about what it takes to be an EMDR practitioner what are the the steps you need to take whereas if i was to interview them in this rebrand it would be what do you need to know about emdr therapy what to expect if it's your own session what kinds of questions to ask so there'll be some overlap in the themes but the types of questions i'll ask are targeting a different audience so it's just trying to kind of figure out that positioning yeah so right the big thing i'm hearing is like there's this transition from targeting therapist to targeting the general public, right? So the guests might be the same guests, but the questions that are being asked are going to be a little different because of it's getting targeted differently. Yeah. And the existing audience 
still will benefit hopefully because there'll also be things that they maybe haven't heard explained that way either yeah yeah absolutely so i've got a couple of things that are kind of going through my mind so the very first thing i always think about is I mean, you have been in the podcasting space enough to know, like, you know, a lot of podcasters, I think, start with the high level of passion, right? But it's ultimately, you want to think about, like, how is this podcast going to bring in revenue and business, right? Because in terms of at least long-term sustainability. So what are you thinking in terms of, um, is the is this new vision for the podcast, is it to grow the the practice? Is it to grow the work? Like, you know, I know you're starting to branch out into workshops and things like that. So tell tell us a little bit more about that vision. Weird. Um, yeah, potentially it could grow the practice, especially if I uh, use um, some of the modalities that we work with and interview some of the practitioners. So I definitely want to showcase their skills and break down some of the barriers that people might have or the misconceptions about counselling. But the other side is I do a lot of workshops and training um, both through packages that I'm trained in, like mental health first aid or tuning into teens, as well as my own sort of customised workshops. So it would be to let people know about the skill set that I have more of as a mental health educator while also I'm building up, I'm writing an online parenting course at the moment for parents of tweens, so that kind of 9, 10 to 13 kind of age group. So that'll start to be something I maybe target a little more explicitly around, you know, some act-based, values-based work, some family systems work, general mental health to kind of bring that together to kind of launch that online course and hopefully write a book at the same time that kind of matches um, that same theme. Yeah. Wow. This is beautiful. I, I can tell like you have thought a lot about this, right? So what I hear is two tiers. So one, intentionally grow the practice, right? And the second tier is intentionally grow your transition to public speaker, educator, course creator, right? I think it's entirely possible I mean, I, I know you know this, but like, I think it's entirely possible to have one podcast do both of those things. And I think part of it is, you know, not everyone I think is wired this way, but I think you may be, but like, I like structure, you know? And so I really try to be very intentional about how do I connect the things that I want to do in the future to present episodes, right? So let's maybe start to even break some of this down. So the first thing, let's maybe start at that grow the practice, right? And so this would be to get direct clients kind of in, right? Let's think creatively. What might be some ways to do that through the practice? Well, it would it would be to bring some clients in. We don't need a whole lot of marketing. We're quite a um, full practice. Mm-hmm. It would be maybe to value add to the existing client group. So maybe having, for example, I imagine interviewing some of our practitioners who work with adolescents and sort of what can parents expect? What are the sorts of things that parents can do to be supportive? So to find ways to really get to know the practitioners so that if someone is looking, they get a a sense of what that person's like, which might help with marketing, but it's also adding, you know, in our intake emails or in our correspondence with potential clients, we can send them those episodes saying, have a listen to this because this might be really helpful. So I'm thinking of more clustering the, the podcast into either four to six weekly themes. So one whole mini kind of season could be on anxiety and then I might do 
anxiety in adults, anxiety in kids, how to help an anxious child if you're a parent, what to do if you are in couples therapy with an anxious partner. So I'm I'm playing around with that kind of clustering of themes. I haven't mapped it all out yet. So I think where you're going is genius. Um, I want to encourage you to like maybe explore it maybe a little differently, which is, you know, in the not every podcast host has this, but the ones that the one I use for STC Captivate does have the ability to do this, which is they're called either private podcasts or mini podcasts. So again, I don't think there's a right way, right? So I think one way is exactly how you're describing it, integrated into the main podcast, have it thematic, right? I think another option is to use the main podcast to drive, to build your authority, right? For the things that you want to do. If the private practice is kind of where you guys are at, the other option then is to create private podcasts based on themes. So for example, if one of the spaces you guys are thinking is like, I don't know, couples working through infidelity, right? If that's like a major niche that you serve, right? You could create like a seven to 10 episode mini podcast, which would be on its own kind of RSS feed, but it would just, it would be like um, evergreen essentially, right? So let's say that, you know, a couple comes in, you can then send them the link to that seven or 10 episodes, right? That way they're not having to search through all of it, but they get that specific one. That could be one option. It's a little more work, but I think it's more, a little more organized, right? Like here are many episodes on this. Here are many episodes on this. You could also pull it. I know Captivate allows this, which is if you stick to the one main podcast, you could actually pull the individual episodes that relate, for example, to infidelity, and you could put it on its own playlist. And then you could send the playlist to to a potential like existing client. I know that's a lot of information. What's like sticking out? Like what questions? Yeah, it is. Um, it's not too much information. It makes sense. Um, I think it's just I have to plan out what I exactly want to use it for. Yeah. Um, because the other idea I had is short form videos. So if I was to do an episode on infidelity, for example, you know that could be a 30, 40 minute episode, and then perhaps um doing having a YouTube channel where I break down some of those skills, you know, so I might say use one of the Gottman handouts or talk about the different types of couples therapy or if you're working with someone who's emotionally focused, trained versus Imago trained, what that might look like. So I'm still playing around with the different mediums, but I do want to kind of have a plan this time around and not just wing it because it was exhausting to be consistent last time. Yeah, 100%. Before we jump into the rest of today's session, if you have launched a successful private practice and are now looking at launching an online course, just wanted to encourage you to download the free STC online course creator kit that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash course kit. This is basically a seven part email course. Uh, We broke it down into very simple and easy to understand language, but it's the exact exercises that we use for our mastermind members in order to validate your course idea. So you'll basically take your idea for your online course and run it through a bunch of different exercises that we use in order to make sure that it's a profitable one. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash course kit. So we'll jump right back in. I think... One thing I would encourage you to explore is, I think we all do this as clinicians. I struggle with this, right? <laughs> which is the thing is like you hear podcasts and then you hear YouTube and you're like, okay, I got to create like 
I got to set aside now time to build my YouTube channel. But what if somehow you sit down for one time and you have content for both the podcast and for YouTube? What would that look like? So it's just something to think about. Like I can give an example of what I'm thinking, but like, tell me. because So what I'm thinking, yeah, is is taking down the talking points, doing the podcast episode, then using those same talking points to do a much more condensed version, a little bit more, and maybe just two or three minutes. So instead of just to get started, so that I sort of dedicate one day every fortnight or once a month, and I record, you know, a couple episodes, couple of small videos and then that becomes how i repurpose the content throughout the the month but i have to kind of put up my put my big girl pants on and brave being on camera i know that's a big thing so i think there might even be like an like maybe a middle step between right which is this is what i'm starting to do for stc like right so any of the solo episodes we're doing like and they tend to usually be on either courses or podcasting, right? Usually I have anywhere from three to seven, depending on how, like talking points, right? So all I'm doing is as I'm recording the solo episode, I turn on the video, right? So by the end of that one recording, I've got audio and I've got video. Then, you know, we have an editing teams that helps us with our videos. So I just send the video over. I tell them talking point one starts at you know, one minute, 45 seconds, talking point two starts at three minutes, whatever. And now they've cut that into like seven shorts or five shorts, right? And I I go both ways on this because like, <laughs> you know, I come from the mentality, like it's not good. Like I have to like hustle and grind and to earn everything, right? Instead of working just smarter, right? But I'm starting to do this on LinkedIn. And I was terrified, right? I would basically, the short, the solo episodes that I'm recording, turn them into shorts. I put those shorts on LinkedIn. And initially I was like, oh, what if somebody listened to the podcast and they heard me talk this exact same thing? But I don't know. It's been fine. You know, nobody said that. And what I'm kind of realizing is like, uh, maybe people just learn in different ways, you know? And sometimes, you know, it's not, I think as creators, sometimes we think like we're the center of people's world right? But the reality is we're not. And sometimes maybe they just like need to hear the same thing in one in video and one in, you know, Mm. in a podcast. So it's just something to think about it. Mainly, I I know how hard you work and I don't want you to like overwork, you know, because I think this is a real thing with content creation. It's so easy to get on the treadmill and just, you know. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, if I come back to the original, I guess, kind of question is, you know, what tips would you have for rebranding it because I thought of starting a new one completely. Um, I even thought about keeping both. I'm like, oh, no, that's way too much work. But, you know, I've got a couple of pre-recorded episodes still to launch so I can kind of let the audience know things are going to change. But, yeah, I think I'd love to hear your advice on Yeah, that's a great question. how to introduce the new kind of mission. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so I would say if if there's some overlap with the people that are already listening to the existing podcast, and you think they're at least a percentage of them will continue to listen to the new podcast, then I would just keep it on one feed. The main reason is because, you know, when you get the more episodes you have, right, it's like a a flywheel, right? You get more download numbers and all of that kind of stuff. So I think the way you're thinking about it is the best way, which is, you know, release these pre-recorded ones, right? And then record a new episode saying, you know, we're, you know, however you want to title it, you know, we're rebranding or you know, a new season of the podcast, whatever. And 
how you ex- just like so clearly told me, I think just, I mean, I would keep it like three to five points, right? Max, right? Probably closer to three and say, you know, basically as much as you said, you know, hey, everyone, you know, as you know, we've been doing this for five years now, and it's been wonderful to be on this journey with you. Uh, I love, you know, podcasting. But one of the things that we realized is, you know, we've been getting feedback from our listeners. And one of the things we realized is, you know, our listeners want this type of content as well. You know, I thought about creating a whole separate podcast, but just didn't seem to make sense. And so what we're actually going to do is make a little bit of a transition to this podcast. And this is what it's going to look like. And, and then just, and then, you know, and, you know, encourage folks to subscribe, listen, and what do you think of something like that? Yeah, I think that would be nice because as I do my sort of branding and positioning, thinking about the point of difference, you know, social workers do think differently and family therapists do think systemically. That is very different to maybe some of the other podcasts out there. So still honoring that background, which is most of the audience and sort of saying, I'll be looking at some common mental illnesses or common relational dynamic issues, you know, parenting, couples, but keeping it being informed by that modality. So I'm hoping they'll still find it interesting. Yeah. I I mean I I I think they will. And, you know, sometimes I have to learn this lesson over and over because it doesn't (laughs) quite quite like hit for me, which is I think, you know, and I think particularly with things like podcasting courses, right? Like we pour our heart and soul into these things, right? And what I realize is oftentimes it's bigger in our world than other people's world, right? Likely people are just me like, oh, cool. That sounds good, you know, right? Like, but for us, it's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like moving a mountain. <laughs> like how, you know? Yeah. But I think, you know, I think a beautiful thing you can bring into this also is, you know, what do we as clinicians often tell our clients, right? Change is the one constant, right? And we have to embrace change, right? And you're modeling the very thing to your podcast listeners that, you know, we as clinicians tell, right? Which I think is you're doing the thing, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I wanted to, you know, we've got a couple of minutes, but I wanted to at least circle back to this other piece because I know that you're in this transition of creating your own sort of personal brand, right? And workshops and uh, courses and stuff. So I think one thing to think about is within the main podcast, think about like, again, you don't have to follow it like to the T, but if you sort of look at every week of the podcast, think of it maybe as more themes, right? So an example, I'm not saying like follow this one, but you know, maybe one week is you're interviewing sort of a, a, a a colleague that, and they're talking more about a practice like, you know, EMDR and how to sort of apply it as a clinician. But another week you're, you know, interviewing maybe the same colleague and they're like, how to actually implement it in therapy. Right. And then what I'm really thinking about is your solo, is your, the stuff you want to do. So one thing to sit down and just think about the stuff that you want to get known for as you build your course and as you build the speaking and consider creating solo episodes and coaching calls around that, right? If you go the coaching route, like, or, but, you know, and then have the call to actions on those episodes to, you know, like, let's say broadly, right? Like, let's say that, you know, you come up with a topic that you want to do speaking for you, you know, you should create a mini episode around that. And then it could, the simple call to action could be, you know, hey, if you, if you enjoyed this, um, I actually do professional speaking. Uh, based on this topic, if that's something that you're interested in, please check out blank insert website, 
you know, and then plug that into your show notes. So there's like little ways that you can both with these with these individual episodes, I think you can plug in individual products and services as well. So what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely something I've been thinking of because the first few most of the seasons of the podcast, I was in the back seat. So I was sort of interviewing other people about their expertise and giving them a lot of airtime, but it didn't really showcase my skills or knowledge. Even when it was someone who maybe had had published a book or whose workshops I had done, I didn't let that come across. Um, Maybe it was feeling like an imposter or not wanting to steal their thunder or seem too fancy pants, but I, I... I hesitated from that. And so trying to break away from that to actually either ask questions that show that I've absorbed that content. So if it's an author of a book or um, bring to the podcast things that you know other people interview on their podcast and I answer those questions fine. But then when it's me talking to myself, it, it doesn't feel as good. So it's trying to to bring that in so that I can position myself with what I want to be known for and what my unique kind of perspective is on some really I guess maybe common common things or things that you can everyone can Google things, but it's my take on it that I want to stand out a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I know you've probably thought this, but I'll just tell you explicitly, right? But if you've had a podcast for five years, in a lot of people's eyes, you're a person in authority, right? And part of that means that and it's terrifying. Like, oh my gosh, Marie, <laughs> like if I could tell you, like there are days I would have rather hide under a rock, right? But I, at the same time, like I realized like, I mean, it is such a privilege, right? And part of like creating these platforms is you get to step into that stage, right? Like you've built the stage essentially, right? And I like, I think nothing would make me more happy than, you know, you step in and start to do those solo episodes because I mean, clearly, you know what you're doing and clearly it's, you know, like this is your thing, you know? This is your baby. So you get to, you should, you should use it to celebrate you and to show and to let your gift shine too, you know? Working on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. We're all working on stuff. Like the mindset stuff, I think, is so, I think for so many of us as clinicians, like there's a, I mean, I think we're naturally like givers, right? And mm. we naturally like humble people. So the thought of mm. like, speaking about ourselves or even sharing our expertise, particularly to other potentially other professionals, it just like brings this level yeah. of imposter kind of, you know. I think it's partly that, but it's also for me when I'm in session with a client and I can, you know, if I have like a little kind of script about a particular piece of psychoeducation, if it doesn't land well, I can judge their reactions straight away and we can talk about it. I can say, well, what about that didn't make sense or that didn't seem to capture it? I think the fear is when you just put it out there, it's not a dialogue. So it can be taken out of context. Someone can say, well, that doesn't apply to me or or what, so you're blaming all parents now or but my partner did that and it didn't work. Like it's that, not the, necessarily the hate or the vitriol, but it's, it's just guidelines or general kind of advice and people can take it really personally especially if they are overwhelmed or stressed or can't access mental health support and they're kind of trying to find things so i think that's what i'm scared about is it being taken as a singular piece of content without context or an understanding of that individual person's circumstances yeah and it being used in a way that it wasn't intended or in replacement of proper mm-hmm. professional help. So it's trying to find the courage to, to do that yep. and make it clear that it's it's just it's a 
general information and I, I can't possibly know other people's circumstance. I think that's what part of what scares me is that it's not a dialogue. But And I hear all of that. When I just heard you speak in the last like minute, I can hear how intentional and careful you are with that, which I think that gets communicated when we speak, you know? And like, I mean, I think there's definitely like practical things you can do, like, you know, like having a disclaimer on the episodes, but even just saying like, I think that humility that you have inside of you, like really own that, you know, uh, when you're creating these solo episodes, because you're right, like there are so many nuances, right? And the thing that came to my mind is like, like you said, that beautiful image of like in the therapy room, it's, it feels more like a dialogue and this feels more like a monologue. But what if these solo episodes are more like conversation starters versus like conversation starters that start that dialogue? You know, like, Marie, I remember you saying this. And what did you mean by that? You know, or, you know, I really like how you said this or, you know, I, I, I can understand why you said this, but I, you know, here's my nuance of it, you know? So, mm, yeah, I like that conversation starters. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you and can't wait to see how all of this evolves and definitely think about like, I mean, you're, you're doing so much beautiful stuff in the world and, you know, but as you sort of create each of these individual things, first, like slow down, even though, you know, our, our entrepreneur mind wants to like speed up and do these things. Like yesterday, <laughs> I right? don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Listen, I just, I, I speak from experience. So, <laughs> but I think if you slow down, it'll also, it'll also help you figure out like what solo episodes or roundtables or coaching calls, like, do I, can I tie those into my paid stuff, you know? So, uh, Marie, let us know where we can learn about you, about the work that you're doing in the world, and then uh, we'll sign off. Yeah, so I'm on most of the socials, LinkedIn uh, under Marie Vakakis and Instagram. Uh, they're pretty inactive at the moment because I'm starting to build a new website. So that'll be mariefakakis.com.au. And my practice is called The Therapy Hub. So thetherapyhub.com.au. Perfect. Marie, thank you for doing this. And before we sign off, what's like the one like next step that you're going to walk away with and, and implement? Think. I think I'm going to have a bit of a post-it note kind of mapping out of, you know, I've got a running list of notes on my phone of different ideas. So I might put them all out and then park the ones that don't really have a direction and then try and, yeah, I might have to redo my podcasters, course casters course again. <laughs> And just freshen up and see if I can use this as a chance to just upgrade some of the quality of some things as well. Yeah, 100%. I think you're on the, the definitely on the right path. The one thing is, is really hard, but I think if I try to just remember the destination, like what is the stuff that I want people to pay me for, right? Like as a business owner, and then, then I work backwards from that, that seems to generally work better than let me come up with a whole bunch of episodes oh yeah, wait, <laughs> they don't quite light up with what I was, you know, so, but I'm excited for you. And uh, Marie, thank you again for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Marie. And especially if you're an existing podcaster that's been thinking about rebranding your podcast to better line up with some of the paid products and services that you offer. I hope that today's podcast session has just been really helpful for you. I was thinking a lot about this conversation as as I was recording this outro, and there was one thing that really stood out to me, which is, you know, I think starting a podcast is is exciting, but it's also terrifying for most of us, especially as as clinicians. And 
this idea of like rebranding a podcast, you know, sometimes I feel like, and I mentioned this on the conversation, but a lot of what I've had to unlearn is feeling like I have to, you know, like everything I do, I have to give like 110%. I have to like just hustle, grind, like work myself to the bone. And I know we didn't do like a full rebrand of the STZ podcast, but you know, you've probably noticed that the conversations have transitioned from just private practice building to a combination of private practice building and going from clinical income to online online course income or online income just in general. And, you know, that was a really hard decision for me uh, because I just felt like, oh man, would people, are people going to keep listening? Like, what happens? You know, am I being like disloyal or uh, all those kind of things? And what I, again, I, I think what I realized is, you know, what I, what I shared with Marie, which is a lot of times these big changes, I think all of us, right? We're so intentional and careful about changes and thinking through stuff. And I think sometimes these changes can be bigger in our in our minds than in other people's. And so if that's you, especially with your podcast, you're thinking about rebranding, just to line up with it. Like I just wanted to send you just more than anything encouragement. I don't know that I have like some explicit like pearls of wisdom in it, but I think the biggest gift I think all of us can do is to line up the online content with that we're creating with with our natural giftings. And so whatever that looks like for you, I hope that you will uh, honor that and and find that in yourself. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to today's session. Just wanted to also let you know that we have a free email newsletter that goes out every week. You can download it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Basically, uh, that newsletter contains some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes with STC and also with my life and I'm, how I'm balancing and trying to balance uh, being both an entrepreneur as well as building a life around my family and my health as well. And it also contains the latest podcast episode and some of the stuff that I'm doing on LinkedIn, some of the strategies and things that are working for me. And then finally, a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I take a video or a book or a blog post or something like that that's inspiring me for that week. And I share how I'm implementing it both in my life and in my business. Again, you can download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. And if you are one of the 3,700 colleagues that have been a part of the email newsletter, I so appreciate you. And uh, I'm grateful for your support. We genuinely try to make these helpful. And uh, And just based on the data and based on the feedback we're getting, it seems like we're doing a really good job. So appreciate you and uh, I hope that you have a great day.